engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello there, it's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB and com. This is a special podcast episode, uh, not airing on radio. This is just for those of you who subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and honestly, the, the primary reason I'm doing this is I have felt a sermon coming on for a while. And this Weinstein stuff has really hit it home for me, and this has been building for a while. Uh, a lot of thoughts in seminary, among other things. Um, and I just, I, I think I, I definitely, I want to get into this and want to focus on a few things, uh, including, well, I, I want to start with Matthew 7, because I, what I really want to talk about today is is you and your kids and how you live in a world increasingly hostile to your values, and what do you do? And I've been asked this a lot on my book tour, is what do I want my kids to know? If, if I die before they wake, what is the one thing in the book they need to know? And it is this, that they need to do what is right and not what is liked, and increasingly in a world hostile to their values, doing what is right means doing unpopular things and being told that what you are doing is wrong, even though it's right. And I want to start with Matthew 7, uh, 1 through 6. Judge not that you be not judged. I, I have a hard time reading this. Judge not lest you be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This is the, the English Standard Version, Matthew 7, 1 through 6. Now, you know this verse, judge not lest you be judged. Particularly if you're a Christian and you're calling for people to repent in the world, they say, well, you're judging me, you're judging me. Uh, on the issue of homosexuality is the big one these days, um, that you tell people it's a sin. Well, you're judging me. Well, you should be able to gather from the sixth verse here that this doesn't mean what people think it means. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs. Well, right there, you're forced to make a judgment call, aren't you? Is this a dog? Is this a pig? That's a judgment call. It's a behavior call. And that's because people take this out of context. And it's what I want to talk about. Uh, and this gets into the Old Testament idea of hesed. And a lot of people will say this is agape in, in the Christian tradition, in the New Testament Greek tradition. But this comes from the Sermon on the Mount. And what it is talking about, what Jesus is talking about here, is kingdom ethics. I, in Isaiah, and essentially Matthew and Mark are extended meditations on Isaiah. In Isaiah, God says his ways are not our ways. And in the same way, our ways are not their ways. The history of the Christian church is to be different from the world, to look different from the world, to model ourselves and behave differently from the world. And the Sermon on the Mount is an extended dissertation by Christ on kingdom ethics and what that looks like, what it looks like to behave differently from the world. 
And I'll, I'll give you the, the too long didn't read version here, too long didn't listen, if you will, version of, of judge not lest you be judged. The reason he uses the phrase brothers in here, among other things, is he's not talking about us in the world. He's not talking about judging the world. He's not talking about seeing sin. He's not talking about judging others as the world takes it. What he's talking about is you do what you can to help others within the church. And don't look at other people and say, well, they should be doing more. They're not pulling their fair away. They, they've got more money than me. They should be doing more. That's what he's talking about here with, with judge not lest ye be judged. It's a specific in-house statement. It's not an out-of-house statement. You know, in 1 Corinthians 5, it says you judge. You are to judge. You're to judge the behavior, the sin of those in the church, and say you're not conforming to the church. You're giving us all a bad name. This specific passage is on how you are ethically helping others within the kingdom. You as a Christian are to help other Christians. You are to help others within the kingdom. And you're not to say, well, I'm doing more than this person over here who really should be doing more. That's what this verse is about. That's what this passage is about. That sort of judging. The saying, well, this person's richer than me. He sits down the pew for me, and I know he's not tithing as much as me. That's what this is about. And this gets into the idea of said, and it's where I want to talk about in this podcast. And that is, the view of the kingdom is that we are to help each other in the kingdom. Yes, we are to be missionaries, we are to go out, we are to preach and teach and baptize, we are to bring others into the kingdom. But we are to look differently than the world. We are to take care of our own. We are, and you know, this is a problem in churches where churches raise lots of money and they spend it on on mission fields and they don't actually take care of the people inside their church. There are a lot of churches who are so focused on preach and teach and baptize and go forth into the world and, and spread the gospel that they ignore that there are people in need in their own church. There are churches who do this and it's a problem. We are to take care of the people in the church. We are to take care of each other. We are to break bread with each other. We are to build community with each other. And so uh, the reason this comes up and the reason I'm thinking about this is uh, in the Harvey Weinstein situation or even with the president and evangelicals. Like there's a news item today. The president wants to uh, challenge NBC's news license, which doesn't actually it doesn't work that way because NBC doesn't actually have the license. It's individual stations. They get their news from NBC, which itself is not not licensed with the FCC. So there's a big issue of ignorance there. But evangelicals should take issue with this. Because this is a precedent by the president that the left will abuse against us. We should be vocal in this. But many evangelicals won't because they're afraid of offending the president and and they want to speak with power. They don't want to talk to power. The history of Christian witness, though, and the history of the Old Testament prophets is speaking authoritatively and scripturally to those in power, even those who were supposedly of the church. Amos, for example, is from Judah, and God sends Amos to Israel to call Israel to repent. And Amos is looked down on by the by those in, in Samaria, by the Samarians, by, by those who are of Israel, because Amos was, well, he wasn't just a herder, he was clearly a supervisor, he had a more prominent role, but he, he was from Judah, which is basically the south, the redneckville. Everybody looked down on Judah. If you were in Israel, you were rich, you were wealthy. This was comfortable time. And here comes this redneck from Judah into Israel, goes north to Israel, and calls on the people to repent. 
And meanwhile, the people are looking around and they're in the lap of luxury. Israel is thriving and Judah is not. Israel is be, is wealthy, it's prosperous. People are paying Israel money. And Amos says, repent. Repent. Let, uh, let justice roll like a river. You are going to be destroyed. And why? Because they're not taking care of the widows, the orphans, the poor, or the refugees. And so they're going to be destroyed. Pay no attention to your wealth. Pay no attention to your comfort. This is not God rewarding you. This is God giving you enough rope to hang yourself. And Amos says, repent. And they laugh at him. His life is in danger. They scoff at him. They want him to go home. And this is something I think that we as a community need to do better. And we're not always going to agree, particularly on politics. We, we should understand that. But there are more and more evangelicals in this world who are looking for political solutions to spiritual problems. And in doing so, they think they cannot call on their own side to repent. Political side, that is. And you need to train up your children to be bold in speaking truth to power. Even when that power is technically your tribe. Because in a world of more and more tribalism, what we're finding, what this Weinstein situation shows, is that people were perfectly fine covering for this guy as long as he wasn't inconvenient. And he became inconvenient, and it was a problem for them in a situation where in the media there's been such a breakdown on connections, uh, clicks and clickbait is more powerful than Harvey Weinstein. And they could get lots of clicks and lots of clickbait traffic by taking this guy out than by propping him up. And that became a problem for him. And then when he became inconvenient because of that, everyone had to turn on him. But they're still fine with Bill Clinton and his behavior, even though it's not a lot different from Harvey Weinstein. They were fine with Donald Trump until he switched parties on them, and they were fine with Bill Cosby until he started sounding conservative. They're fine with the pedophiles. You don't hear about the pedophiles. They're fine with it in Hollywood. There isn't really a culture in the secular world that speaks truth to their own power. And those of us who are of faith, we need to be mindful of the fact that we have to be willing to speak up to our own side. We have to be willing to call our own side accountable. We have to do it, otherwise we discredit ourselves. There are a lot of evangelical pastors out there who sided with President Trump in the election because they decided Hillary Clinton would be a disaster. We had to save the Supreme Court, and I get it, and I don't blame them. But along the way, they decided they cannot hold the president accountable for his behavior. They cannot call him to repent, and they can behave just like him. And that is a problem. When we look just like the world around us, we are failing in our witness. When our children see that they can behave like terrible people because they're going to get a pass, we have failed at our witness. And this is a problem. And it is a problem that we don't like to talk about because we feel like we're betraying our own side. Which side are we on, though? God's side or the world's side? There is a worldliness in Christianity that has crept in among us that we have to be careful of in our own families. It is not the role of Christianity, and I am guilty of this myself, I admit it of trying to say, I got to keep up with popular culture because I got to talk about it on the radio. I got to be able to relate to people about what they're seeing. We're, we as, as Christians, we don't have to keep up with popular culture because popular culture is of the world and the world is hostile to God. The latest TV show, the latest craze, the latest fashion, the latest trendy thing to do, the latest trendy thing to say, the latest trendy thing to wear, the latest trendy thing to eat, the latest trendy movie, the latest trendy person. We don't have to keep up with all of that because we're not supposed to reflect the world. We're supposed to reflect God. 
And to the extent that our kids are in public school, well, our kids need to go into public school and understand that there's going to be a lot of inappropriate things, and we need to prepare our kids for that. There are a lot of inappropriate things they're going to encounter, and they need to understand that a lot of the things the world says is popular are the things that God doesn't like, and they need to be mindful of that. They need to understand that to love God means they're probably not going to be liked in the world, but they can shine a light by being kind and gracious. When someone refuses to extend a hand to them, they can extend a hand to that person. And that person may stab them in the back and they need to be prepared for it, but they need to understand that they are being a light in the world and you can be a light in the world and you can show grace where others show you no grace. Listen, I said terrible things about David Souter 10 years ago. I called him a goat child molester and I shouldn't have. And it's going to be on my tombstone and it's going to haunt me and it comes up all the time. And when people want to say I have no credibility on an issue, they point to that. You can't believe what this guy said because 10 years ago he said this. And my response is, well, that makes me an expert on telling you you shouldn't do this. Look at how it has haunted me. But I shouldn't have done it. But there are people in the world who want to define me by that, and they will not accept that I have moved on. They have not. They will not accept that I've grown up. They will not accept that I regret it. it that defines me to these people. I cannot define those people by their worst act, and that is what the world wants. Because once you are defined by your worst act, you can never grow on from your worst act, and pretty soon you decide there's no point. If I'm going to be defined by the worst thing I've done in the world, then why do anything better? And we're supposed to always strive for better. Even though we fail because we're sinners, we're supposed to do better. And that's what you need your kids to know. That you cannot let your sins anchor you. You are forgiven. The world's not going to forgive you. The world wants you to dwell in your sin. The world wants you to always be sinful. But you're to strive for better. You're to strive for the kingdom. You're to strive to bring others into the kingdom. You are not to judge the efforts of others within the kingdom, bringing people into the kingdom. You are not to say, well, this person can do a better job than me. You're supposed to take it up yourself and do what you can. The Holy Spirit's guiding you. Has said, God is going to take care of his people. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is the picture that Christ paints. God is going to take care of his people. What, what's the end? Chapter 7 begins with judge not lest ye be judged. What does chapter 6 end with? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious itself. Suffice for the day is its own trouble. Don't worry about what someone else is doing to bring people into the kingdom. Don't worry about what you're going to do tomorrow. What are you going to do today to glorify God? What are you going to do today to train up your children 
and let them know that the world is going to be hostile to them. What are you going to do to make your kids understand the world is going to protect monsters like Harvey Weinstein because he's useful to them? But your children should still be willing to speak up and say it's wrong. What are you going to do to model that for them? I would submit to you that if you are putting your politics ahead of your faith, if you're looking on flawed characters and saying, well, I can't say anything about this guy because it might undermine him politically, well, then you're failing. And you should do better. Because your children are taking it all in. And if your children see that you are apologizing for bad behavior because of what you can get out of it, well, then you're no better than Hollywood protecting Harvey Weinstein. Seek first the kingdom. And in seeking first the kingdom, be bold. Be like the prophets. Be like Christ. Be like the apostles. Willing to tell people to repent. Willing to tell people you shouldn't do that. Willing to tell people I love you and I support you and I like what you're doing, but this is bad. Don't be like some of the cheap evangelicals in the world today where when the president of a tape is released of the president saying he's going to grab a woman, you know where? They, they just be quiet. They don't say he shouldn't have done this. I like the guy. I support the guy, but he shouldn't have done this. I still think he's better than the other side, but he shouldn't have done this. Do that. Don't just be silent. You can't be silent in the face of these things because silence is attack and endorsement. We see that with Weinstein, the people being silent, the people who don't want to say anything, they don't want to risk their career. Be willing to risk it all for the kingdom. You need to do that. I need to do that more. We all do. There's consequence. Listen, let me tell you this. My wife has cancer. It is incurable. She keeps it at bay with a pill. And that pill costs us $20,000 a month. And I have really good insurance with my company. And last year, I didn't support President Trump's election. And many people, some of those of you listening right now, were very angry with me. And some people called my station and demanded I be fired. And every day they looked at the ratings to see if there would be a fall off. And if there was, I would be out of a job. And I would have no insurance. And I'd already checked and Obamacare wouldn't cover that $20,000 a month. It would have been a death sentence for my wife. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a yes man. I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's not in my character to do it. It's not in my character to cheerlead bad behavior. This doesn't make me a saint. This doesn't make me great. This doesn't make me any sort of hero. It's just to tell you, my kids did see me model this, and I don't always get it right. I fail often. I've done bad things. That's one of the things. I, the reason I wrote this book is I want my kids to know all the bad things I've done legitimately the bad things I've done, not the, the pretend things they read on the internet. People outraged about things they're going to be outraged about because of partisanship, but the real bad things I've done. They need to know these things. But they need to see in my wife's life and mine that we were willing to stand up and do what we thought was right. And you can disagree with us. That's fine. But that's what we thought was right. And we were willing to take the hit. Even if it meant losing insurance because we believe so firmly that we couldn't condone this. And you can disagree with that decision, and, and that's fine. But what are you standing up to the world in? Again, I'm not going to judge you. Judge not lest you be judged. 
There are plenty of times where I should have been stronger in my stance. But our kids need to see that they need to do what's right and that we're modeling that. And they need to see that though there are people who won't stand up to the monsters, you will. They need to see that sometimes, even though there's a negative consequence for standing up to the monsters, for telling the truth, for speaking out, for calling people to repent, they need to see that it still needs to be done. Or they won't be the voice, they won't be glorifying God, they won't be preaching and teaching and calling others to Christ. Y'all, we need to understand Hesed. We need to understand that though we may disagree on things, God is going to take care of his people and his people need to take care of each other. And we don't need to be judging each other on how much we've done to take care of God's people. We just need to do it. If we see a role not being filled, we need to step up. We, not need, we don't need to say this other guy should do it. But we need to do it. We need to stand up and we need to call on the world to repent. We need to tell people what they've done is wrong. We may love you. We may support you. We may vote for you. But this was a not good. We don't need to stay silent on these things. We need to speak up. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about doing what you need to do today to teach your kids that they need to stand up and do what's right, even when it's not light, that they need to be dragon slayers. They don't need to be monster protectors. Talk to your kids about these things. Talk to them about how the world, this has given us, Hollywood has given us a perfect opportunity to talk to our kids that Hollywood moralizes to us. Hollywood tells us how to live our values. Hollywood tells us what we're doing is bad, and yet Hollywood's been protecting the monsters. And they're still protecting the monsters. This is an exception that proves the rule of Hollywood, protecting the monsters, the pedophiles, the child abusers, and the like. When you talk to your kids, talk to them about this. That there will come a time in their age where they are forced to choose between aiding and abetting a monster to advance themselves or speaking out and potentially risking it all. But God will protect them if they risk it all. They may not get the job, they may be not liked, but how many people will they have protected? How many people will be blessed by their action? When we do what's right, we model it for our kids. And our kids need to know in this world, they've got to be a dragon slayer. I want my kids to be dragon slayers. I want them to speak truth to power. I want them to look on the wealthy and call the wealthy to repent like Amos. And I want them to understand that in God's kingdom, the priority needs to be taking care of the widows, the orphans, the poor, and the refugees. It needs to be taking care of the people within the kingdom. It needs to be taking care of people in the church. It needs to be finding the people in need in the church and doing for them what they can't do for themselves and not worrying about what other people are doing, but doing it themselves when they can. I hope you'll take that all to heart. I'm Eric Erickson for TheResurgent.com.